Hello and welcome to Heilman and Haver, the stage and screen podcast, coming to you from Casa de Quinn at 1111 Studios in beautiful Port Orchard, Washington. I'm Matt Haver. And I'm Greg Heilman. We're two local actors looking to hone our craft by exploring the best in local theater and on the big screen. Each week we bring you entertainment, news and views, celebrate classic Hollywood, enjoy cocktails with a Tinseltown twist, interview talented local actors and directors, and chat with industry experts from L.A. to the U.K., Today is Friday, November 12th. Welcome to episode 51 and the second half of our interview with voice actor extraordinaire Rob Paulson. Rob has over 2,000 half-hour programs and dozens of films, video games, and other animated media to his credit, plus a Daytime Emmy, a Peabody Award, and three Annie Awards. Stay tuned for Rob and his hilarious cast of characters. And there is also quite the cast of characters playing on stage right now at our local Bremerton Community Theater. And any one of them might be a murderer. There are just two more weekends to catch Clue, the play, based on the film, based on the board game. Check out our behind-the-scenes preview, available now on our YouTube channel, and find my review of the show on our Facebook page. Then hurry out and get your tickets at bctshows.com. Well, we just set the clocks back. Turkey Day is weeks away, and that means Christmas will be here before we know it. We hope you'll make plans to join us Saturday, December 18th at the historic Roxy Theater for A Classic Christmas. Our friend Jeremy Arnold will join us for an entertaining and educational roundtable discussion before It's a Wonderful Life hits the Roxy Big Screen at 7 p.m. There will also be a matinee showing of A White Christmas and holiday bites and wine starting at 3 p.m. Plus, we'll enjoy a special Christmas message from Zuzu herself, Carolyn Grimes. Get more info and tickets at roxybremerton.org. And while we're on the subject of Christmas, opening November 26th at Western Washington Center for the Arts in Port Orchard, it's the WWCA Holiday Variety Show, directed by our friend Rebecca Ewan. Come and celebrate the season with some of your favorite WWCA performers. The show will feature choral arrangements written by the late Bruce Ewan, beloved music director, dance numbers performed by Just for Kicks School of Dance, and much more. Get your tickets at wwca.us. And set a reminder to join us next week, Friday, November 19th, when we'll welcome Stuart Lyons to the show. Stuart was our guest at the 2021 Seattle Film Summit and is a co-executive producer, line producer, unit production manager, who's worked on projects with Netflix, Sony Pictures Television, Warner Brothers, Amazon Stars, Apple, HBO, FX, and AMC, including a little show you might have heard of called Breaking Bad. And now we're pleased to be joined by a man who has given voice to some of the most popular and timeless animated characters and brought untold joy to millions over a career spanning five decades. Voice actor Rob Paulson was born in Detroit, Michigan, and at an early age fell in love with the talents of comedians like Pat Paulson, Foster Brooks, Red Skelton, Carol Burnett, Jonathan Winters, Peter Sellers, and the cast of Monty Python. His first role as an entertainer was a singer, which trained his ear, eye, and voice to work together in a wide array of styles. Rob hit L.A. in the 1970s, intending to be a live-action actor, but quickly fell under the spell of the Groundlings, the legendary Los Angeles comedy improv troupe, where he befriended and worked with Phil Hartman, Paul Rubens, Lynn Marie Stewart, John Paragon, Cassandra Peterson, and Lorraine Newman. His skills honed, he landed his first voice gig on G.I. Joe, which opened the door to Hanna-Barbera and veteran director Gordon Hunt, who cast Rob as one of Rob's favorite characters from boyhood, Haji, in a revival of the classic series Johnny Quest. That early success came right at the advent of the cable revolution and the millennial baby boom, and sudden demand for family-oriented programming that would enchant young viewers as well as their parents. Disney, Warner Brothers, and Hanna-Barbera all started reviving old series and creating new ones, while networks like Nickelodeon and other syndication outlets began demanding more original daytime programming, and Rob and his colleagues were a part of it all. Rob's best known for bringing life to beloved characters like Yakko on Animaniacs, Raphael on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Pinky and Dr. Scratch and Sniff on Pinky and the Brain, 
Carl Weezer on The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, and dozens of others on, as we mentioned earlier, more than 2,000 half-hour programs and dozens of films, video games, and other animated media, earning him a Daytime Emmy, a Peabody Award, and three Annie Awards. After fighting a successful battle with throat cancer in 2016, a story detailed in his 2019 memoir, Voice Lessons, Rob is back and busier than ever, and still one of the hardest-working, most in-demand, and beloved voice actors in the industry. In 2020, he reprised his role as Yakko in a reboot of Animaniacs on Hulu and has set new dates for his live show, Animaniacs in Concert, performed with live music in symphony halls and theaters around the country. He is an outspoken advocate for people battling cancer and frequently takes time to bring joy and comfort to fans of all ages all over the world. Please enjoy the second half of our interview with Rob Paulson. Well, I'm curious now, you said that, you know, the doctor said, potentially this could change things for you. Do you have to approach your job differently now? Uh, you've talked about the importance of enunciation, gesticulation yeah. while you're acting, the location of yes. where the voice lands in your throat, and all these types of things to think about. Do you do different sets of warm-ups? What kind of practices do you do? Have it, has it changed at all? You know, going from, from water to hot tea kind of a thing. Is there, yes. is there? Yes. All good. Water. Do I drink a lot of tea? I'm here. I'm drinking water and I, I, uh, my salivary glands were pretty much fried. Mm. So I have no idea. I mean, it, I shouldn't say I had no idea. This is a pretty remarkable device that we all inhabit. And when you're, when you go through something that's life-changing and, uh, on a medical side of things, the stuff that we take for granted, like mouthwatering, you know, like that phrase, hey, that's really mouthwatering. Not to me, <laughs> not anymore. It's, it's a fair trade, but you are, you'd be surprised how integral saliva is to your enjoyment and your everyday health. But you know what? Um, there are, uh, I'm working on a new medication now that's helped me with my saliva and all of that. So when I first got back to work, it took me about, oh, I don't know, about six months to get back to work. And then, but about a year and a half to really become Rob 2.0 and be comfortable with the way things have changed. But I, I cannot be without water. I'm always got, I've always got water. There are a couple of notes on the top of my register that I don't handle quite so well anymore. So we just write things either in a different key or I will talk, sing something. There are plenty of ways around it. My litmus test was if I was going to hear anything from fans uh or critics because you guys mentioned it earlier when the voices of iconic characters don't sound quite the same people lose their minds and i thought well you've been hired mr spielberg has brought you back all of that so far so good but well let's see what the fans say and i have not yet had anybody come up to me or or seen an interview by a, a, a big animation fan journalist who said yeah gosh rob just isn't rob just isn't getting it i haven't heard that at all i have not noticed a difference at all and and i can be kind of critical <laughs> when it comes to things well, thank you Greg. Like, like that um but yeah it's it's it sounds like you didn't miss a beat i mean the entire cast thank you well that's that is true i have to say that at least in terms of our chops i, I think we're better than we were 20 odd years ago we ought to be um uh, but that was my biggest concern was that if if I couldn't cut it and it was just not even close to being up to snuff, that it would be an all or nothing deal. And while not one of my Animaniacs cast members uh, said anything, but God bless you, we're here, whatever you need, you name it. Uh, I didn't want to be the big turd in the punch bowl that said, well, you know, if Rob can't do it, I, I just, I didn't want to be in that position. Also from a purely 
mercenary standpoint, I wanted the gig, man. I wanted to do it again. And when you think about it, especially with Animaniacs and Pinky the Brand, you guys are professionals. And and how many times do you get a show that was that I think arguably became iconic from the first go around was uh, was beloved by more than just a bunch of little kids. And then 25 years later, comes back on a brand new platform that wasn't even thought of when the original uh, show was finished with the King of Hollywood again, with the original voice cast again. And I think it's fair to say it's a hit again. That's in this era of re, you know, reboot it, renew it, reuse it. Not everything comes out of the shoot as being, oh my God, th this is as good as we remember or oh my God, nothing's changed. In fact, I'd argue that probably more than half the time it's like, you know, why didn't they just leave well enough alone? Why did they, why did they do that? Or they hired somebody else to be the talking chicken. The guy who they did in the talking chicken, he's the reason I watched it because the talking chicken had this guy's voice. Now they hired another actor. This isn't, this isn't my dad's talking chicken cartoon, you know, and none of that has happened with Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain. In fact, the, the fan base is exponentially larger. Well, I think it's all of us who it's all of us who grew up on Saturday morning cartoons, and then that went away for so long. Yeah. And then Animaniacs comes back in its first iteration, and it's kind of a throwback to these little short, you know, a, a thirty-minute show with right. three or four cartoons. So that drew us in, and then it comes back, and then we've got our kids. Sure. That we're introducing to it. It's so much fun, and so in my context, uh, my cancer experience didn't have a silver lining. My lining is platinum. Uh, it's almost as though um, the universe said, okay, look, um, maybe you're just not appreciative enough. So we're going to give you something about which to be even crazy appreciative. We're going to give you throat cancer. You're going to be fine. Then you're going to reboot this show that was life-changing for you. And then you do it again. And it's going to be bigger than the first time with an exponentially larger fan base. What do you say? I mean, come on. I, I, with all due respect to Lou Gehrig, I'm the luckiest man on the face of the earth, you know? Uh, and I utterly know it. To be in that glorious position is to be utterly privileged. To, to be a source of joy for virtually anyone you meet is, uh, uh, this, this is the only time where Yakko gets speechless, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got fans, multi-generational fans out there all over the world. And I'm curious, your fans mean so much to you, that's obvious. When you perform... When you're on mic, uh, I think back even as far back as Orson Welles, who I consider a voice actor, oh, uh, sure. a radio pioneer. He was really famous for making people feel like he was talking directly to them, a very intimate style of delivery over the radio waves. Who do you have in mind when you perform? Do you have any specific uh, fans that you've met in the past? Are you thinking about that, that child, that new fan sitting on their couch on Saturday morning? Well, I certainly do my work for the audience, but I think because I believe that acting is acting, I'm about making sure that I'm in the moment with the other actors. I'm about, I'm sure about, I'm, I'm about creating the world that the audience is spending their precious time uh, inhabiting, that they want to be inside Acme Lab with Pinky and the Brain. So that uh, while we might break for the fourth wall every now and then, I'm about working with Maurice. I'm about concentrating and listening to what he's saying and committing to my stuff. And if I do my job at the same level as the animators and the writers and the musicians, then we got something. But I'll tell you what I do do 
is I get a chance to call kids all the time and not just little kids. I can't even tell you how many times I'll, I'll get a, a phone call from someone who says, hey, I have this friend or a friend of a friend or a hospital will call and, or my publicist will get a phone call. Young, you know, a young man who's a, a 42 year old, but he lives for Ninja Turtles and he's really struggling with you know, pancreatic cancer and he would love a call from Raphael and he's got his turtle shirt on when he does his chemo. I mean, come on, how on earth, how on earth can I quantify what a privilege that is? And when that happens, just like when I'm working with Maurice or Billy West or Tress McNeil, I am all in. When, that, when Raphael calls that gentleman or Pinky calls that little girl or Carl Weiser calls you know, a young mother with uh, ovarian cancer who just can't get enough of Jimmy Neutron, I am all about them. Because as much as I'm maybe proud of my work, they don't want to talk to Rob. They want to talk to Pinky. They want to talk to Yakko. They want to talk to Donatello. And I take that very seriously. I don't look at it as like, well, just you know, a guy making silly noises. You tell those people that it's just a cartoon. You know, you tell the parents of a, of a young man or woman who's, who may not make it out of that hospital room unless it's in a body bag that when Winnie the Pooh calls, well, that's just a cute little, that's kind of cute. No, 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 no. This is, this is a big, big deal. And I can tell you that I take it very seriously so that if the person wants to talk to Rob, fine. But if they want to do the whole 15 minute conversation with Raphael and talk about pizza and every bad guy and shredder, I'm in. I've got a question for you about doing multiple voices. I was watching a Zoom read through of a Family Guy episode oh. and Seth MacFarlane, who does hundreds of characters, I think, on that show, so he bounces, bounces from Peter to Brian to Stewie. And as he's doing that, he's just switching his voice as he goes. And I thought, man, this is incredible. But is that how, how do you record when you're making a show, if you're doing multiple characters, do you do it that way? Do you just switch back and forth? Or do you record multiple tracks and they, and they, and they put it together in post? It kind of depends. Uh, Billy West is also really good about that. When he's doing Zoidberg, Farnsworth, and Fry, I've seen him do a whole page of all three of those characters talking to one another. And it's, you know, you can almost hear him overlapping himself. It's crazy. But Seth is the same way. Seth MacFarlane is another guy I should have included in all that. But he's a one-stop shopping. He can do it yeah. all. <laughs> the singing in character is always something that really amazed me. Oh, yeah. And he's got a wonderful voice. He's yeah, incredible. I had his dough. I'd record my own record of American Standards, too, and he just did a brilliant job of that. But um, usually, I will go through and do my characters. Like I, Most of the time, I'm not acting opposite myself. When I am, like if uh, Dr. Scratch and Sniff, I do the character called Dr. Scratch and Sniff as well, is, who's the, the studio psychiatrist, as he calls himself. Um, and often, Yakko and Scratchy will be talking to one another. And I always try to do Yakko. Yeah, Scratchy, what is it? Let me tell you here. I think we're going to need a big couch because I saw you filling out your question. Yeah, what do you mean you saw my questionnaire? I, I didn't ask you. You don't have a you don't have your question, my questionnaire. I do try to do it from top to bottom, uh, going back and forth because I just love it. It's really great fun. It's a cool parlor trick. But it's not a big deal if you stop and start to say, hey, Yakko, would you please come in here? <clears throat> yeah, what is it, Scratchy? I mean, that's not a problem. You know, we can do that and uh, or somebody else can or, or I'll just go through it a couple of times. And if there's a pickup line that didn't quite nail it, we can nail it that way. But uh, slipping between voices is, is just a gas of a thing to do. It's great fun. 
as you said, uh, voice acting is at its most basic, all about creativity yes. and, and flexibility. As the demand for more and more digital, especially animated content, um, this rises, what advice do you have for prospective voice talent? You, you talked about being flexible um, earlier in the show. What are some first steps that you would recommend for people interested in getting into the business? I think, as I said earlier, it's called voice acting for a reason, small v, large a. Uh, and I don't think there's anyone who's done a lot of on-camera and voice work would argue with that. I would say, please act, please study acting. I don't mean you have to necessarily go to Juilliard, but get involved in local theater, get involved in your high school theater department. I understand that there are many high schools where the theater department has been, you know, things like that, the creative arts are, are trimmed down. Uh, I totally get that. But usually then you can find a community theater and you may start out building sets, but become part of that group. Surround yourself with people of a like mind who are inspired to perform for its own sake. I promise you, no one, and you guys know a lot of people in this business. I don't know how long it took you guys to monetize your podcast, but I can guarantee you that nobody starts out doing one expecting to make a shit pile of money, if you know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> and it's the same thing with actors. Uh, I didn't start to look at this as a way to actually pay for dog food until I was in my 20s. But I'd been performing and enjoying the whole process from the time I was, I don't know, I mean, really enjoying it and creating things with my friends when I was in 11, 12, 13, 14. Uh, and there's always something you do, especially now, my God, you know, I've got an HD camera on this stupid thing. And you get together and, and shoot a couple of fun things with your, with your friends and you're all being creative and you're trying, maybe you're mimicking pinky in the brain, I don't know. But then you've got a platform called YouTube, which is free to load stuff on. Come on, man. You guys can practice like crazy before you ever even think about going to Hollywood. I would also encourage improv, improvisational comedy or improvisational acting. It doesn't even have to be comedy. Being able to think on your feet, creating on a fly is a huge skill. That's why I called uh, Phil Hartman terrifyingly inspirational because he was a master at improv. But he wasn't a master at improv until he was well into his 30s. But he'd been doing it since he was in his teens. So to young actors out there, start now. You can get books. You can find stuff online. Improv is huge. Being able to sing in character. And you don't even have to sing well. I do a character on a, uh, from, uh, from a show called Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. And his name is Carl Weezer. And he's this little chubby guy with red hair and glasses and a lazy O, which was my choice. Thank you very much. And he sings because he loves to sing, but he can't sing worth a lick. But it doesn't matter because in the context of that character, it's about commitment. It's about, I'm going to sing, you know, um, Jimmy's mom has got it going on. And there might only be two notes that I sang there that were appropriate <laughs> for the real song, but I, I know it's Greg's freaking out and that's worth it right there. That was awful singing. But when I sing it, baby, I'm committed. You're not gonna have to worry if I'm gonna do this half-assed, you know? And so that's what it's about. But to get to the place where you're comfortable doing that, take some time. So everything that I mentioned, but it is about acting and, and surrounding yourself with people often 
if you can find them, people who are much better than you. The biggest, the smartest thing I did, boys, was surround myself with people who were so much better than I that they inspired me to get better or get out. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You you mentioned the the practicing and starting early. I remember when I used to read to my son before bed. We had these picture books, and they all had different characters, and sure. I tried to do a different voice for every character, which was fun. Like you said, it, it is really it fun. Was fun. I, I, was, I was never good at it. And then when I got my first uh, role on stage, I just got into acting, what, five years ago or something like that. My first role was, was different voices. And have, having done that gave me a little bit of confidence that I could do that. Sure. But ultimately, Greg, it's so much fun, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, my God. And I, I look, you guys have, have been so kind to have me on your show now for, I don't know, 45 minutes, whatever. But- this effusiveness or this excitement is utterly authentic that you see from from this this gray-haired old 65-year-old man. I I love this kid. It's a total Jones. I this is I I don't care if I had had 10 interviews today and you guys were the 11th. I'd still be doing this. You're talking to me, you're making a fuss over me for doing something that I would do for free and and I just and and I I know that you like some of the work I've worked on, and it's just the coolest thing in the world. So I get what you're talking about, Greg. It's just a blast to do it. I I'm not getting paid for this. <laughs> I love talking about it. Well, that brings us to another fun question we've got for you, and this is about other characters. What are some of your other characters that you really enjoy by other actors? Who really cracks you up? Billy Billy West kills me as Zoidberg and. Uh, Farnsworth just kills me. Um, Maurice LaMarche uh, is like the ultimate super duper multiple character guy for Futurama. He plays Morbo, the newscaster. He plays Kiff Croker. He plays uh, Calculon. And they're all completely different. Uh, Maurice doing the brain. I mean, you mentioned Orson Welles. If you hear Maurice LaMarche do his impression of, of Orson Welles, you know, the frozen peas commercial. It is on the nose. Indeed. I have heard it at least a couple hundred times, seriously. And it never gets old. And what's also, what's really cool is when Maurice does Orson Welles, his, you know, when I, I can't do it, but his one eyebrow goes like this, like the brain. He looks like the freaking brain. And oh my God, it's just, it's just spectacular. Uh, John DiMaggio as Bender just lights me up and makes me sideways. Um, Seth MacFarlane, I mean, I'm a family guy. That guy is just a tour de force. I've never, I've, I've met Seth a few times, never had the pleasure of working with him very much. I think I worked with him on um, Johnny Bravo years ago at Hanna-Barbera, but no, man, Seth is, he's hes a rock star. Uh, you ever work with Mike Judge at all? I never, well, I worked with Mike Judge on, I think I did a pilot with him. And I, I don't know Mike, but I do know Pam Adlon very well, who is, uh, who is uh, Bobby Hill on King of the Hill. And uh, I've always loved what Pammy does because obviously she's a female, but she's doing a killer job on that little boy. So those kids all just really light me up. Tress McNeil is a crazy cat lady on The Simpsons. Puts me out of my <laughs> mind. I have no idea what she's saying and it doesn't matter. She's just, and I've seen her do it. It's, it's even more glorious to sit next to these people and watch them essay those roles. They just, they, they just are crazy. Uh, Kevin Michael Richardson as Cleveland Jr. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Uh, just on and on and on. And I, like I said, I, Frank Welker, 
Frank Welker as and Peter Cullen as Megatron and um, Optimus, respectively. Let me tell you something, you guys. You want to see a bunch of grown men get a little tearful? Wait till you hear Peter Cullen in person say, Autobots roll out. They lose their minds. <laughs> it's the coolest thing in the world. And Frank starts ripping his Megatron. And, oh, God. So, yeah, I, I, it's just all so exciting. And they're, and they're my friends and they utterly inspire me. You know, I get to see them all the time. It's, it's like I said, with all due respect to Lou Gehrig, you know. <laughs> Well, speaking of inspiring, um, I want to, before we let you go, I do want to give you a chance to talk about some of the charities that you've worked with around cancer research and some of the, the kids' charities. Did the charities come about as a result of throat cancer? Right. No, thank you for asking. Um, no, I had been doing a lot of charitable stuff long before I had throat cancer because I can't not do it. And I don't mean from a, I don't mean because it's, it's um, that saying that to whom much is given, much is expected. I, I believe uh, I believe that, that is true. But uh, I had had so many glorious opportunities through different organizations, one called Famous Phone Friends, St. Jude, Make-A-Wish, over and over again, who say, you know, we get, as I described earlier, we have a young man or young woman who wants to talk to, fill in the blank. And um, boy, when you get to do it in person, and I've been in many, many hospital rooms, and when you get to do it in person at the request of the parents, that's when you really get to see what real courage is about, what uh, incredible strength. And often it's the parents who are getting the living daylight speed out of them because they can't do any more than they're doing. And if for whatever reason, I and Pinky and Yakko and Carl and Donnie and Roth or whomever, if we are the reasons that their little boy or girl smiles or feels a little bit better under impossibly diabolical circumstances, that's when I mean when I say I can't not do it. I'm a parent and thank God my son never had to go through anything like that and nor did my wife and me. But um, it is, uh, you know, at this very moment, someone is getting a phone call about their four-year-old with a brain tumor. I mean, how does that work? And if I am the lucky one who gets a phone call to say, would you, would you give this young woman a call, a young lady a call? Of course I will. And we all do it. So that was before cancer. But after cancer, as a result of it, I now am a spokesperson for the Head and Neck Cancer Alliance. And I've been doing it now for two years. And folks, if they have any, any concerns, questions about head and neck cancers, my particular cancer was caused by the human papillomavirus. Same with Michael Douglas. Same with Jim Kelly, the um, auspicious quarterback, for a former quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, who talk about a hero. Um, sadly, uh, uh, Eddie Van Halen, um, Roger Ebert, but I'm one of the lucky ones. And um, so if for folks who have any concerns or questions, please go to headandneck.org and you will see my story there. Uh, and the stories of many other people. There will be over 600,000 people worldwide diagnosed with head and neck cancers this year's year. And um, my, or rather next year, I should say, my cancer was called uh, stage three metastatic squamous cell carcinoma. And the primary tumor was in my throat at the base of my tongue. But just like colonoscopies or colons, we're talking about both sides of our bodies. <laughs> right. But uh, just like uh, colon cancer, if it's caught early enough, as in my case, even though it was stage three, that was uh, as a result of the, the tumor was here, 
but it had moved to uh, a lymph node in my neck, which is how I discovered it because while shaving, I thought, God, what's that not doing there? So even though it was staged at three, it was treatable. Treatment, I'm not gonna lie to you, the treatment's pretty onerous, but it works like a charm. And um, who better to tell you that than Yakko Warner, you know? So uh, the charitable stuff, I have been the incredible beneficiary of all sorts of charity. Um, not necessarily, you know, people writing me a check, but just human kindness overflowing over and over and over and over again. So if it's all about paying it forward, then I, I am one who needs to do a lot of paying it forward because I've given I've had a lot of people give me a ton of love. Well, and you've got a ton of really positive motivational content out there. Like you said, YouTube, just jump on there. Type in Rob Paulson, P-A-U-L-S-E-N. You've got a TED Talk out there. You've got some wonderful interviews uh, telling your story. And I've really enjoyed preparing for this interview because you got to do all that fun research. What's the best way for folks to keep up with you? Uh, I think you're on Instagram, Twitter. I'm on Twitter. I am at Yakko Pinky, Y-A-K-K-L-P-I-N-K-Y. Uh, Instagram, I'm Rob underscore Paulson, P-A-U-L-S-E-N. Thank you, Matt. I'm on uh, TikTok, Rob Paulson 311. That Somebody else was called Rob Paulson, so I had to use my birthday, Rob Paulson 311. By the way, did you guys know how popular Carl Weezer is? Oh, my God. This character, I, I posted something as Carl Weezer uh, yesterday. Yesterday? No, day before yesterday. And as of right now, it's got like 300,000 views. It, it was Carl Weezer talking to the brain about, about finding a croissant that would make him, you know, he loves eating croissants. And so Maurice did the brain while I did Carl Weezer. But I had no idea. So that's just another one of these, you know, look at how many kids are on TikTok being creative at levels that I could not even fathom. For free. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, a great equalizer now. Yeah. Yeah, man, it is. So, uh, but those are the best ways. And I'm, I'm Rob Paulson, voice actor on Facebook. So I'm everywhere. I'm ubiquitous, baby. Add influencer to the list. Oh, thank you, pal. I appreciate <laughs> that. I, I hope that I am. And I hope it's all for positive stuff because uh, I don't have my own makeup line. You can tell, obviously. But um, no, I'm a very, very, very fortunate fellow. And for many reasons, not the least of which is that you you sweet guys took an hour with me tonight. That's very cool. Oh, it was our pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for bringing all of your friends along with you, that cast of characters from decades now in the voice business and, uh, and, and along with all the inspirational uh, stories and, and tales from your career, Rob. It's really been a pleasure. My great pleasure, man, and thank you, Greg. It's uh, it's a it's, it was just a, a total privilege. And as I always say, laughter is the best medicine. And the cool thing is, you can't OD, and the refills are free. And I'm sticking to it. It's more powerful than screams. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Rob. Thanks again. My pleasure, guys. Take care. Well, another big thank you to our guest, Rob Paulson. You can connect with Rob on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, linked in the show notes, and request his book, Voice Lessons, How a Couple of Ninja Turtles, Pinky, and an Animaniac Saved My Life from your local bookseller. Join us next week, Friday, November 19th, when we'll welcome Stuart Lyons to the show. Stuart was our guest at the 2021 Seattle Film Summit and is a co-executive producer, line producer, unit production manager who's worked on projects with Netflix, Sony Pictures Television, Warner Brothers, Amazon Stars, Apple, HBO, FX, and AMC, including a little show you might have heard of called Breaking Bad. And if you enjoy the show, please make sure to follow us and share the podcast with a friend. Tell them to find us at heilmanandhaber.com and tune in on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Audible, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. 
You can keep up with all of our latest on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And check out special segments like In The Mix and Get To Know A Theater on YouTube. As always, thank you for supporting local theater and for joining us on Heilman & Haber.